Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dependus Blaining, the podcast. We are here once again for your listening pleasure. I am Veronica. And I am Jen. And we are all the way on the other side of the world today, Jen. Yeah. We flew literally around the world. <laughs> <laughs> literally. Except for Russia. We didn't fly over Russia. It would have made it a lot easier if we would have flown directly over Russia. Probably. <laughs> but no, the government's like, ah, I'm going to send you to space first. Into the moon, around the moon, orbit three times around the moon, <laughs> and then come back and we'll see where you land. <laughs> Basically. That's what's going on with me because we pcs to in another country and here i am jet lagged after i don't know 22 hours of flying something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it was beautiful it's beautiful beautiful by beautiful i mean it wasn't no a lot of it's more like awful sleepless nights no sleeping N no sleep whatsoever <sighs> I just can't get on this time zone. I think if my family left me alone, <laughs> I, I would get on the time zone. But they won't leave me alone. My daughter wakes up at 3 in the morning and demands to be fed. And my son, oh my gosh, Jen. My son this morning was hilarious. He fell asleep um, on the couch yesterday. And he never does that. He's like, he's good. Like, he can stay up for hours. But he passed out yesterday and he was really tired because he woke up about like three in the morning. And so when it came time for bedtime, I told my husband, let's just put him in their pajamas. They were still asleep. So we did our best. Put him in their pajamas. My husband just put him in his pajama bottoms and he was wearing his regular shirt. And then we brushed their teeth. Even though they were asleep, we brushed their teeth. And we had, Kyle and I had already had dinner while they were sleeping. Like I made, my son watched me make chicken and he fell asleep while it was happening so this morning <laughs> it was like 2 30 when he comes in the room he's like mommy i don't know what happened but i don't i didn't brush my teeth and i was like <laughs> i was like what what's going on he's like i don't know what happened I need to brush my teeth. And I said, no, 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 no. I was like, daddy brushed them for you last night. And I was like, he helped you. And he's like, he was like pulling on his shirt. And I was like, it's okay, baby. I was like, go back to sleep. So he went back to bed. And then I was wide awake because it made me giggle. And I was wide awake. And so I got up and then I, w I went into the living room and there he was kind of like, kind of like whimpering. And I said, what's going on? He's like, oh, I just, I are you sure you brushed my teeth <laughs> and I said yes and he, and he like pulled his shirt again I said I was like oh I was like daddy didn't put you in your pajama top but you have your bottoms I was like it's okay and then he goes what happened to the chicken <laughs> and I said I was like we ate it don't worry I was like we ate it it's okay and then once we were all up I said were you okay this morning he's like I was worried that I was gonna wake up with cavities <laughs> like okay good <laughs> so we were laughing about it all morning but yeah that's what worried him was having cavities and uh and what happened to the chicken where'd the chicken go it's like we ate it mom where'd, where'd the, the chicken, chicken go? Like, yeah i saw you cooking it where'd it go 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> at least that's good. He's so concerned about his teeth. That's so sweet. <laughs> I know it makes me really proud because my my daughter could couldn't care less. Like she's like, just stuff gummy bears down my mouth when I'm sleeping, and I'll be happy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, that's that's my story. We're all jet lagged. It's awful. I had to get tested for COVID. That was awful. I don't care what anybody says. It was awful. It was awful. I don't, I but mean, it was negative, so that was wonderful. Yeah, getting something shoved up through your nose, into your brain, through your eyeball, going down your throat, coming back around and, you know, ending up who knows where it goes, and then coming back out. Yeah. That can't feel good. Yeah. No, it did not. I can tell you right now, 100% would not recommend. Mm-mm. It went up my nose. And I felt it in my eyeball and my eyeball hurt for like a few hours afterwards. And I told you, I got a black eye. Like I had dark, a dark spot under my eye where that thing messed around in. Yeah. <laughs> it hurt. Playing around it hurt up for there. A while. Yeah. But then the rapid testing wasn't bad because they just swab your nostril really fast. And it just triggers sneezes. The other one triggered a bunch of sneezes too. I'm just really e- easily triggered, too, for the sneezing. Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. But it's been a while. It's been a while since we've chatted. I know. It has been so long. Yeah. Weird. I know. Oh, well, here we are now. But here we are. I'm so yeah. glad. I'm just glad that you are almost fully to your next journey. You're almost there. <laughs> yes, we we are almost there. It's been a super long, uh, not stressful. It hasn't. It really has not been stressful. It's been really smooth, but it's still tiresome. You know, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole trip. We left from Seattle on the rotator, which was crazy. Like I, I was telling Jen before we started recording that we had our flight left at seven thirty in the morning, and we had to be at the airport at like 12 30 to get tested again so we were there from like 1 30 because we got there later we're like we're not gonna be here at the recommended time really if we would have if we would have arrived later we would have been totally fine in fact we would have avoided that entire line that first line that we were at yeah it took us over an hour to get through so i think we would have been fine but anyways just following rules all the time and um yeah we're at a location um, in Japan right now waiting to go to another part of Japan. <laughs> so we're in Japan. Woo-hoo! We'll just leave it at that. There's many locations <laughs> in Japan. Yes. We'll just leave it at that. Just like the UK. Yes. Just like the UK. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just, yeah, you'll never know. No. You'll never know. No. <laughs> I know. You guys won't know. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> What's going on with you, Jen? Oh, not a whole lot. Just, you know, hanging in there, working, realizing my kid turns eight in a couple days. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. It's the baby. The baby is turning eight. I know. Why? I know. Why do they have to do this to us every time? Every year? They're such assholes it's not fair they just and they look older and they start losing their cute baby fat yes and their teeth and their feet start getting stinky yeah why i don't know what happens why and they start 
saying really weird things. Oh, no. Like, dookie in my pants. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That must be must be a boy thing, too, because, yes, I, my son likes to just be gross. I don't even know Gross, why. yeah. Why? Why? The amount. Why yeah, is that funny? The amount of armpit farts, yeah. Armpit farts, real butt farts. <laughs> <sighs> it's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know. And then my daughter is going to be in middle school next year, and I can't handle it either. I know. Veronica, this is not okay. Oh I'm... I'm not okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay, Jen. I'm not, I'm not okay. It's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough weekend. And then I when I have to drop my daughter off at middle school next year, oh, I don't know what I'll do. But you know, we're very lucky to be, to be mothers to such wonderful children. Yes, we are. Because your children are wonderful. Your children are absolutely wonderful. They really are. They're not bad kids. I'm going to say it like traveling with them. And seeing the, how well behaved they were, and I'm like, you guys are, you guys are all right. Like, mm-hmm. thank you, thank you. Not like these wild children that I saw at the airport. I saw a child younger than my son, so he was, he was probably like five, six years old. Yeah, he was probably like my daughter's age. He had a mullet. Oh, okay. It was like a, hmm. but it was like a mohawk mullet. Yeah. So it was like long, from the front all the way. To the back, but just down the middle. And then the sides were like, they had been shaved off at one point and they were just outgrown. And I was like, all right, cool. You look cool. And then I see dad and he's wearing Crocs. Oh. American, American looking Crocs. One of them had stars and the other one had the stripes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, you do you, boo. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Crocs are very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It was just like. It's like, okay, well, I guess you're celebrating that you're going back to America. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Maybe they were very excited. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I love people watching anywhere we go. Uh, you know, like, we'll, like when we go to, like, the pool on the weekends or at the beach or when we were flying or anywhere. Oh, going and just eating and just watching other people. I know, right? I love it. I am. I'm, Me too. I'm not super judgmental like don't don't think of me in that way people i'm not super judgmental but i just like to see what other people do <laughs> like a tv right, show no, it's not being judgmental yeah exactly it's not being judgmental it's more like being like something that stands out to you because it's not in your realm of normality right so you're like oh okay that's interesting and yeah. then you might get a little giggle out of it yeah, my kids were um enjoying this <laughs> this cup this family that had a cat in the carry on to get on the rotator and the cat was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we were putting words to what it was saying, and the kids thought it was hilarious and we were just watching the family and they had like a little baby who was walking around and it was like so much fun people watching. It is, it's entertaining. Yeah, it really is. I love it. I love people watching. It's my favorite thing to do. Tis mine as well. Um, but anyways, enough about that. I want to hear about your story. Uh, yes. Little true crime time. Ooh, yeah. I like that. I like it too. <laughs> true crime time. I know. I mean, it's not copyrighted or trademarked by anyone, hopefully. If so, I'm not stealing your <laughs> shit. Just yeah, saying it. Calm down. 
All right. True crime time. Are we ready? I'm ready. Yes. All right. So the story I have for you all this week is the Eastburn family murders. Murders, plural. I got pretty much all my information off of the Wikipedia page, and there was a 2020 episode I watched on YouTube that had a lot of good information, too. Here we go. Gary Eastburn was a captain in the U.S. Air Force. He met his wife, Catherine, or Katie, in the 1970s, and they were married in 1975. Gary and Katie had three children, Kara, who was five, Aaron was three years old, and uh, Jana was 22 months. In 1983, Gary and his family moved to Pope Air Force Base. So, actually, side note on Pope, Pope Air Force Base is now closed, and it became Pope Airfield in 2011, and it merged with Fort Bragg. Which all of oh, this is in North Carolina. Okay. I didn't realize that was it was closed. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah, they closed it, but then they they closed it, changed it to just an airfield, and merged it with Fort Bragg. Side note. Gotcha. So, Gary served as the chief of air traffic control in May of 1985. Gary Eastburn was undergoing a 10-week training. Um, at a squadron's officer school at Maxwell Air Force Base in Alabama. So, in other words, he was on a TDY training. Mm-hmm. Training TDY. While away, Gary and Katie kept in touch during those 10 weeks by writing letters, because this was in the 80s, and you still had to do snail mail. Letters, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> every Thursday night, Gary would call home. Um, on one of the barracks pay phones. Again, 80s pay phone. <laughs> Probably um, Surprisingly, they have pay phones here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, in the lobby, like we went down earlier and Kyle pointed that out. He's like, they have pay phones here. And I was like, it's Jumanji. What year is this? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it was really cool. But they had like a card machine, like a, like a calling card machine mm-hmm. next to it so you can buy one. Anyways. Oh, but back in the day. If you don't know what a calling card is, I'm sorry. (laughs) If you don't know what a calling card is, real quick, it was a card that you bought. It looks like a credit card or like a gift card, Mm -hmm. like a gift card that you buy like at a 7-Eleven, really any store. And in the back, there's a number. You scratch off the little thing. There's a number and you call the 1-800 number on the card and then ask you for your number that you're going to call. And you put in the number that you're going to call and then you put in the pin of the card that you have and then it tells you how many minutes you have available based on the distance of your phone call so sometimes you get really lucky and it'd be like two hours and then it'd be like you have 3.5 minutes (laughs) to make yeah to make your phone call yep that is a calling card. that is a calling card we are lucky we have now international plans on our phones that we don't have to use calling cards everything but they were cool exactly i liked them Mm -hmm. i used them a lot when i was younger so did I. So, yes. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So, he would call home on a payphone. Uh, Gary Eastburn and his family were getting ready to relocate to England that year. He was going to take oh, up a England. liaison job with the Royal Air Force. 
So I think that's oh. why he was doing his training was something for that to take over a job in England. Okay. So because they were moving to England, um, it was Katie's job to rehome the family's dog named Dixie, which she posted um, an ad in the local newspaper called the Beeline Grab Brag. Brag, like Fort Bragg, B-R-A-G-G. Fort Bragg, yeah. <laughs> gotcha. They're being Not clever. like brag about what you got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what I bought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the whole page is about. Yeah, pretty <laughs> Just, much, right? Today I got these new shoes. Had <laughs> <laughs> a bargain. It was Facebook before <laughs> Facebook was born. Oh, shit. It was Facebook where you had to, like, call it in and be like, I like to put an ad on there. Yeah. Be like, I went to the gym today. Mm-hmm. Feeling good, yeah. Like I should. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't even, yeah, Facebook, paper Facebook. Paper Facebook, yeah. You used to have to pay for that shit, too. Paper book. Paper book. <laughs> yeah, so. So, yeah, she had to put an ad out for her dog. So, Katie never missed those Thursday night phone calls. Never missed those phone calls, but... On May 9th, 1985, Gary's usual phone call went unanswered. He was then unable to he was unable to leave his trainings and would was frantically calling home for the next 2 days. But by Sunday, the neighbors seemed to become to become concerned as well, noticing how their papers the east at the Eastburn home the newspapers were piling up on their porch. The neighbor walked over to investigate, but when he knocked on the door, he got no answer. He then called the police to have them come check out the home. Like, come do a wellness check on them, saying, like, oh, I, yeah. I can't get anyone to come to the door. It's really weird. So mm-hmm. when the police arrived, they had to break into the home, and they found Jana... In her crib, crying, dirty, hungry, and thirsty. This is the 22-month-old baby. Oh, my God. Yeah. In her crib, just Uh wasting, just wasting away, basically. Jana was just hours away, they said, from dying. But luckily, she survived. They got to her, like, just in time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, Katie and her two other daughters, Kara and Erin were murdered. They had been murdered in their beds. Uh, both are all three of them had been stabbed to death. And then when they found Katie, they also noticed that Katie had been raped because her underwear had been cut off of her. So the homicide detectives in charge were Robert Biddle and Jack Watts. While combing through the house, they found fingerprints and hair And while doing a luminol test on the walls of the master bedroom, they saw how someone had tried to unsuccessfully clean up the crime scene. A witness told detectives he saw a tall white man dressed in jeans, a knit cap, and a members-only jacket exiting the Eastburn's driveway, carrying a garbage bag in the early morning hours of May 10th which was that Friday. 
A members only jacket. That was from somebody else too. Somebody else had one of those. Um, it, the Night Stalker. There you go. I was like, I realized it was somebody yeah. recently that I heard of. That's right. How weird. Yeah, the Night Stalker. Yeah. Strange. My my dad had one too. Back yeah. The... Is it is it just like a clothing brand? I think so. I think so. They're a very distinct type of jacket. Yeah. They all look the same. I think it's. I think it's just the jacket yeah. brand called Members Only. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So the witness stated he saw the man drive away in a white Chevrolet Chevette. Um, with this account, detective believe the murders had occurred between 8 p.m. on May 9th and 3 a.m. on May 10th. The witness was also able to help produce a composite sketch of the suspect. So they were able to get a sketch and put it out into the media. Okay. Along with that, when Gary came back home to North Carolina, he helped police identify what was missing from the home, which included an envelope of cash, um, Katie's ATM card, and a piece of paper containing her ATM pin, which, oh, people, you can't keep that out. Hide that. But Hide I mean, that I shit. Maybe back in the 80s, she just didn't have that much use for it. It's true. People carried more cash around back then. Yeah, they did. So maybe she's like, I'll just keep this number because... Fuck knows if I'm going to remember it later. Right. Needing to be able to find it to use it later. Yeah. So he also informed detectives of a man Katie had wrote to Gary about coming over to adopt their dog just a few days before the murders. So her letter to her letter to Gary, her usual letter, had in fact Uh told him about the man that came over to adopt their dog. Adopt the dog. Okay. Mm-hmm. They then took all of this information and put out that they were looking for more information on the man who had visited the home. The man who adopted the Eastburn dog was 27-year-old Army Sergeant Tim Hennis. Hennis was working as a parachute rigger at Fort Bragg in 1985. He was married and they had a newborn daughter. Once Hennis and his wife, Angela, see the news broadcast, which has, I'm pretty sure, his information on there, you know, Uh wanting to know more about this man who was over at their house, they came forward to the police. And when the detectives got a look at Hennis, they stopped dead in their tracks because he was the spitting image of the composite sketch. Oh, he matched it. Well, I mean, if he had agreed to go to their house... For the doggy, and that's what people saw. Mm-hmm. Well, so they saw him on, I believe it was a day or two before the murders occurred. That's okay. is when he was over there. But according mm-hmm. to the witness, there he was like, this is exactly what this guy looks like. And lo and behold, Tim Hennis looks exactly like this composite sketch. Mm-hmm. But there's more. Tim Hennis was picked out of a lineup of pictures shown to the witness. And then we find out that Katie's stolen debit card had been used the day after the murders. A witness using the same ATM machine that was used for Katie's card picked Hennis's picture mm-hmm. out as well, stating 
that that was who was in front of her at the ATM. Tim Hennis was then arrested right away. There's like, there's no, there's no right. stopping it. He's, this is our guy. We have there's to get a, going. Right. I mean, he matches a composite sketch. Mm-hmm. And, and now was able to be witnesses. picked out of a, yeah. a lineup. Yeah. Two witnesses have now okay. picked him out. Sounds like they have their guy. Yeah. It seems like it. Oh, it it gets a little crazy. We <laughs> learn that Tim went to the Eastburn home on May 7th to adopt their dog. So two days before mur- the murder. So Tuesday. Okay. Tuesday before the murders occurred. Then Tim admits two days later... While his wife and baby are gone, his wife and she took the, her, the wife took her daughter to her parents' house, I think it was. And so here's Hennis left on his own, and he's admitting that he tries to meet up with an ex-girlfriend for sex, oh. Oh. like straight up. But he gets rejected. And so the detectives then speculate that Tim winds up at the Eastburn home because he's already been there a couple days before. He knows where this lady lives. He knows that her husband's not home. Like, Uh come on. Yeah. He's got all the information. Yeah. So, the first trial. Hennessy's first trial occurred in the summer of 1986. The prosecution brought forth the theory, almost the same as detectives uh came up with that Hennis took advantage of his family's absence to step out and when he was rejected by his ex tried to seduce Katie and took it just way too far and ultimately killing Katie and her two older daughters after 10 hours of deliberation the jury found Hennis guilty of three counts of first degree murder and one count of rape on July 8th, he was sentenced to death. Hennis was transferred to death row at the Central Prison in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, I mean, like, they were... Here it is. You did it. Yeah. Death row for you. However, Guilty. however, in 1988, Hennis's defense lawyer successfully appealed his conviction, arguing that the graphic crime scene videos the prosecution had shown directly influenced the jury's decision. Right. Like, I, mean, I can understand that. Like, I I can see where they could try to get that through. Like, hey, these, you know, pictures and your videos and everything were just so, you know, horrible and scary. They're going to convince anyone that this guy did it, you know? You don't have anyone else that could possibly do it. So, of course, you just it's going to heavily influence the jury by seeing such graphic videos, you know? Okay. I think, I think well, it's not that they're going to – it's going to influence them. It's just that it's going to anger them and be like, well, we have the evidence that, that proves this guy did it. And it just angers them more. And right. I feel like it's, it's probably not debated as much. Right. Like it just and kind of like, further yeah, proves – what they were already given or shown from the prosecution. Right. But but unfortunately, the defense lawyers were successful in that, and Hennis was granted a retrial. So mm-hmm. in his retrial, it was held in April 1989. Hennis's defense lawyers challenged the prosecution's witness, particularly the one by the Eastburn home, the one that 
was able to do the composite sketch. Okay. This witness was named Patrick Cohn. Cohn had claimed the weather that night had been fair, so, like, it was easy for him to see Hennis leave the Eastburn home. So, like, it was, like, clear, mm-hmm. no, like, it was an easy day to, or an easy night to see somebody. Right. But okay. the defense lawyers attacked this theory, bringing in a meteorologist and a helicopter pilot to testify that the weather was overcast, so he would have a harder time to see and wouldn't be able to see somebody very clearly. The you defense don't think so? also You don't think you could still see somebody even in an overcast? I I mean I guess like I'm guessing they're making it seem like since it's overcast, it's even darker than if it like it like if there weren't any clouds in the sky, you'd be, it would be a little bit lighter because of the moon shining in and whatever. Oh, because it's that's just kind of my guess okay. where they were going with that. Okay, sure, sure. So the defense also brought in two new witnesses. One claiming she saw a long-haired man driving a light-colored van by the Eastburn home. In addition, they presented footprints, blood, and hair samples that did not match Hennis or the victims. The Mm. so it's like the DNA they had from the house. That's where what I was getting confused on though too is how they have all these like even like blood and hair samples that didn't match the victims, and like whose are they then? Where are yeah. they coming from? But did they match? Who, yeah, Hennis. who do they match then? Yeah. It's weird. So, I don't okay. know. But the retrial took three weeks and two days of deliberation. So, what, last time was only 10 hours? This time it was three weeks and two days. The jury found yes. Hennis not guilty of all counts of murder oh. and rape. Yeah, let that sink in. They found okay. him not guilty. Following, following his acquittal, Hennis re-enlisted into the Army and was pr- promoted to Staff Sergeant, which is an E6. Mm-hmm. Hennis continued to live his life, now with a son added to their family. So he's still married. Now they have another kid. He earned awards and accolades for his service. In 2004, Hennis retired from the Army as a Master Sergeant, or an E8. In okay. May of 2005, Captain Larry Trotter of Cumberland County Sheriff's Office learned of the Eastburn murders and that a semen sample had been taken from Katie, but with DNA testing being so new in the 80s, it was never tested. Oh, my God. So, Trotter had it oh. tested, and in June of 2006, a forensic test determined that the sample was point two quadrillion times more likely from Hennis. <gasps> yeah. Like Oh my god. Almost like without a doubt, absolutely no other question <gasps> it, it that semen sample is his. Oh Although the god. Fifth Amendment's double jeopardy clause prohibits retrials after acquittals, the Constitution's dual sovereignty doctrine allows a def- a defendant tried and acquitted in a state court to be retried at a federal court. In addition to the UCMJ... Oh, wait. In addition to that, the UCMJ permits military personnel who had been tried in civilian court to be court-martialed. Yeah, court-martialed. At the request of the sheriff's office, Lieutenant General John R. Vines, the commanding officer at Fort Bragg at that time, agreed to recall retired Hennis back into service 
as a pretext for charging him with the Eastburn murders on the basis of the new DNA evidence. Oh, my God. Yeah. He had a family already. Yeah. he. I mean, like, when he did this, he was already married and he had a new baby. But then oh he, God. like, went on to live his life. Oh, my God. God. So on September 26, 2006, Hennis was recalled to the military duty and returned to Fort Bragg the following month. In August 2007, so almost a year later, the commander of the 18th Airborne Corps ordered Hennis to be court-martialed on three counts of capital murder. Before his trial in 2010, Hennis appealed four times, but all of them were denied. On March 17, yeah. 2010, Hennis's court-martial began and lasted for three weeks. Prosecution focused on the DNA evidence and the prior eyewitness accounts serving as corroborating evidence. The defense argued again that the footprints, blood, and hair samples did not match Hennis or the victims. They also speculated that the crime scene evidence had been contaminated. And the defense's response to the DNA evidence was that Hennis had consensual sex with Katie. Of course. Prior to her murder. Did he have consensual like, murder too? Right? Did you just no. say she let you have sex with her and then she was like, yeah, you can just, you can stab you me. Go ahead and murder us. Yeah. That's, Are you kidding me? No. Are you kidding me? No. Just... You had sex with her, but then you just left, and then somebody else came over and decided to just stab everyone except for the baby. Like, really? Right. Are right. you sure? Mm-hmm. I think it was like he himself had a baby at home, so probably couldn't bring himself to stab that baby. Yeah, that could be. That could be why he didn't. He either like yeah. didn't go into her room too, or like yeah, he saw it. That, he saw yeah, that her that and too. was like, "That's where I draw the line." Of my murdering. Oh, what a what a fuck bag. He got he got away with it for so long, mm-hmm. and he was able to reenlist and and have a career and a, and raise his family yeah. and and retire. Thank God for that. Yeah, and retire. Thank God for that person was like, well, let's just test it to be sure. Right. And like cross contamination. Like, how are you gonna cross contaminate semen? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I know. God bless that guy that came back and was like, hey, let's look at this. Since considering, I mean, I guess the Eastburn murders then were now a cold case since he was acquitted. Right. Nobody then was mm-hmm. charged any longer with that. So it's just sitting there. We need there, more people so. like that. Yeah. Yeah. We need more people like that. We need more testing. Imagine all the DNA testing they can do now. Right. That could free people that are on death row or sitting in prison or, you know, put people in prison that really do belong there. That's insane. Exactly. It's crazy. We need more go-getters like that. Go yes. get them. So... For reals. After three hours of deliberation, um, the jury, which was made up of 14 military officers and non-commissioned personnel, uh, unanimous, unanimously found Hennis guilty on April 3rd, 2010. 2010 people, 2010, his last one, his last trial before this, when he was found guilty first, was in 1986. 1986. You like, guys. crazy. What is wrong? Yeah, what is wrong with the justice system? <sighs> Made me so. I was just Everything. like, I couldn't believe how just recent this was. Just 10, almost yeah. 11 years ago now, but st- mm-hmm. anyway. So on April 15th, the jury panel recommended that Hennis be sentenced to death again 
he had a death penalty a death sentence before now they want it again oh my god in addition he was demoted to private which is an e1 he was stripped of all right. pay and allowances and dishonorably discharged from the army Hennis was incarcerated at Fort Leavenworth in Kansas, which I've heard is, like, such a creepy base to be at. Or not base, but prison. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Since his conviction, Hennis has appealed five times, with the most recent one being October 2019, just, like, a year and a half ago. Not even. But he was also denied of this most recent appeal in February of 2020. And that is the case of the Eastburn murders. Great story, Jen. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. I can't believe he was like in prison and then came out of prison and then now he's back in prison where he belongs. He is. And so I don't know about his death penalty. I don't know if like when that'll be because obviously his last appeal that got denied was in February of 2020. And so he's still at Fort Leavenworth. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. He should have settled in. He should have been there a long time before this, but. He should have. Yeah. Yeah. He just added more um, years to his sentence anyway, so. Yeah. Oh, gosh. That's crazy. People are sick. I can't believe that. Yeah. I don't think I've ever heard that story before. I hadn't either. And I was looking up, like, the. um, any military members who have been on death row, and there's not many mm-hmm. i think there's only like four or something and so this was one of them it was just like crazy right. it's just crazy how he was you know he was found guilty of everything and then they the judge uh, you know approved his retrial and that then that jury the defense was just so good on i guess like on top of their game that you know the yeah. jury was like well i mean you maybe you're right maybe we don't have enough evidence to prove that he really did this so right Ugh. right and they believed him and yeah and they're like yeah set him free thank and he god for free. dna and, and god knows what else he did while he was free if he hurt anybody else god i hope not right yeah yeah just crazy yeah that is crazy well thanks for that story jen you're welcome i have a story for you eh, not a story i have an interview for you you weren't there <laughs> 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 you weren't there. But for our listeners, I did an interview the other day and Jen was not able to join us just because of the time difference. I was still in the UK at the time and the person I was interviewing was or is um, on the East Coast. So the time just didn't work out, but I decided to take it on myself. So that is what you guys are going to hear next is me talking to the lovely Summer. And now this interview is different, I guess. Uh, It's with Summer and I'm sure many of our listeners saw this video. It was plastered all over social media. And um, it's this lovely girl who went on there and was basically saying you should not nag your husband right uh who is in the military and she was saying how you know these guys go off on deployment and they make these bond they bond with these um other co-workers and she called them the boyfriends their their boyfriends yeah and that they go out and so basically she was saying don't nag your husband and she just got so much shit on social media she posted it was a tiktok video and it was like two part 
video. I'm not a TikToker, so I don't know how that works. I don't know, don't know the lingo very well. So she kind of goes into it and I'm just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, she got a lot of hate on this video um, for what she said. It got out of control and I, it just, <laughs> I saw the video and I thought, well, she's not wrong. Like what she's saying is not wrong. I'm, I don't, I try not to nag my husband. Like I, I'm always encouraging him to go out and do stuff. And that's basically what she was saying as well. And then all these other comments, there was comments like, oh yeah, she, she wants her husband to go out and have fun because Jody's going to come over. Mm. I was like, do they even still use that term? Do they, is that still a thing in the military when they refer to Jody? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So, and, and it was, and there's just being really mean to her and, and talking about her account on OnlyFans. And so we discussed that. Uh, in the interview as well which it was an insight to me because I had no idea what it was so she kind of went into depth about it and explained it to me now did you see the video Jen um yes I saw the I saw part one or part two I can't remember now maybe it was just part one right yeah did you see any of the comments no I didn't see the comments I just because you had you know you sent it to me and you're like oh my gosh we gotta find this girl so I watched it but no I didn't read into the comments on it so yeah. I'm Shocked to hear yeah. that. They were really mean. They were awful. Of course, of course they, they were are. awful. And she, yeah, and she talks about that as well. Yeah. So I want to say that she is absolutely a lovely person. I, I spoke to her and I, we talked for a really long time and she is just as lovely as can be. A really sweet girl, has a really good head on her shoulders. I think she's young, but she's very smart. Um. So for all those haters out there that just were so mean to her, I... Hope you get diarrhea. How about that? <laughs> hope you get diarrhea. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have for you guys to listen to. And I hope you enjoy. Yeah. she. Oh, the video has been has since been deleted. So don't go looking for it. She took it off. She took it off the Internet because she was just getting too much hate. It was getting out of control. Yeah. And she didn't she didn't want to rightfully so. She didn't want yeah. to deal with it. You can't blame I don't her. blame her at all so for that. Don't go. Don't go looking for it. Yeah. That's so sad. That's so sad that someone just yeah. wants to, you know, we are always encouraged to just put our opinions out there all the time. And then it's like, oh, there's always something that happens and it we get for? A, a ton of hate for it. And it's like, yeah, well, what, like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I just, th- and it's, it's, it's a sexist thing, Jen. It's like, you know, if it was, if it was a man saying that, he would be praised like, oh, my gosh, he is so wonderful. Yeah. He's saying don't nag your wife and he wants her to go out. But because it's a it's a female saying it about her husband, it's like, you know, they're just turning it upside down. Yeah. Oh, us. and it's like, why? Why do you want your yeah. husband to leave? Oh, so that you can go and be with another person. Oh, is that what you do on de- when they're out deployed too? so you get to have your own fun time? Like, come on. Come on. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that that's how it, yeah, it's like, oh, it, it, it was like, it goes like with that comment on that podcast that I heard a while back ago. She's like, everybody cheats. Everybody that lives on a military base cheats. And I was like, that is not true. Like, you give us a bad rap. That's a far, You're far, us a bad rap. far cry from what it is. Right, right. And so we go into that as well, talking about that. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. She, like I said, she's she's a really sweet girl. Very interesting. Some of her 
um, the, the outcome of that video and why she posted it. Uh, so yeah, enjoy. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jen. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We forgot to plug ourselves at the beginning, so I'm going to plug us right now. I'm going to tell Jen to plug us because my brain's not functioning right now. <laughs> Where can they reach us, Jen? You can reach us over um, at dependisplaining at gmail.com. If you want to send us your emails, you know, comments, questions, concerns, interest, if you have a story, anything. If you want to do an interview... Yeah. We're up yes. for it. Obviously, you can see that. Yes. Um, you can also hit us up on yes. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You know, we're around the block somewhere. You never know. Could be there. Yeah. Please go rate and subscribe to us as well. We love it. Yes. We like your five stars. They make us feel good. Please. But they also help so us good. out tremendously. So much. <laughs> so. That's right. Yeah. Yes, that's right. What Jen said was really good. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, my friends, that wherever you go, even if it's on an airplane, you will be jet lagged. But guess what? There There you you are. are. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.